Hello, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Dead by Danny. The only podcast, the one and only podcast, okay, where your host, that's me, Danny, the man who is speaking to you right now, watches Evil Dead 2 every single goddamn fucking day, okay, for 30 days. And it's also the only podcast where all of that happens, and we had Rogue Soul on yesterday, so... If you don't listen to yesterday's episode, um, I highly recommend you listen to Rogue Soul's two new EPs that he put out. Okay, this month alone, he put on his he put out his own personal EP. He's been working on for a really long time. Uh, it's called The Insomniac. He put that out on the tenth, and on the twentieth, he was also working for a very long time on a collaborative album with local artist Glaciers. And that came out yesterday on April 20th. <laughs> but yeah, we had him on the podcast yesterday. It was the longest podcast yet. Uh, I don't plan on doing many podcasts that are that long going forward. But um, I, I did that one, especially because we were both... Uh, in, in, is incapacitated the right word? I think that means that like, you're knocked out. Incapacitated incapacitated deprived of strength power okay so i i don't know if we were <laughs> deprived of strength or power uh if you were incapacitated you can't do what you normally do what you're being asked to do or perhaps much of anything well i mean it's not entirely uh with it's not ent- entirely outside the the laws of reason that on 420 we were not incapacitated but we certainly were during the podcast and really only started to come down to earth by the time the podcast was ending. We started planning much bigger things for the future, but that's besides the point. Today, I uh, obviously watched Evil Dead 2. I watched my VHS copy on my silver Daewoo television with the volume rocker set to the edge of the O on the word volume. Haven't talked about how high the volume was in a while, huh? <laughs> Um, yeah, it was, it was fun. I enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed it as much as you can enjoy it. Watching it 14 times in 14, <coughs> excuse me, Jesus Christ. Oh my God. That means we're, we're rounding around the halfway point of, of the show. And uh, I do have something special planned for the tomorrow's episode, but, uh, but yeah, I, I didn't even think about it. Probably because yesterday I wasn't thinking of anything really. I didn't really have anything on my mind. It was pretty clear. <laughs> my mind was pretty empty. So I wasn't thinking ahead about the next couple episodes. So, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't even realize that we're really at the halfway point at this point. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool, I guess. That means that I've I've stayed with this podcast decently long. Longer than I've stayed with... Well, more episodes than I've stayed with a couple of uh, my other podcasts that I've tried and done and whatever, and Scooby-Doo will come back, I think. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think. And uh, yeah, I mean, technically, a time commitment. I am dedicating more time every day to this podcast than I have 
with other podcasts, but it's only been two weeks technically, right? I mean, I started this, what day? I think I started on the 7th is when I came up with the idea. First episode went out on the 8th. Okay. So, so yeah. So by the 38th of April, we'll be done with the podcast. Or the 37th of April. That shouldn't be too hard, especially under coronavirus lockdown. 37th of April will uh, we'll come around fairly quickly. Uh, the topic, I guess. I mean, we should <laughs> we should probably you know start talking about the what this podcast is this episode I guess is meant to be about, and uh, today's episode, okay, is about Ash versus Evil Dead. I, I talked about Ash versus Evil Dead season two a couple days ago, and I said that I was gonna finish the show and talk about season three when I finished season three, and wouldn't you bet I finished season three. I think it took me like a day because, <laughs> well, it's only 10 episodes, half hour episodes. I was really, really into it. it wasn't that big of a, I mean, I paid for it, paid $10 for the whole season. So I, I was pretty committed to actually finishing it. Yeah. And I did think I was actually going to space out uh, the episodes where I talk about the Ash vs. Evil Dead television show, but I also thought that about uh, the other Evil Dead movies I spoke about. So I guess it doesn't really fucking matter. So, <laughs> so yeah, that being said, I finished uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead 3. And I, I have to say, I really, really enjoyed it as I did the first two seasons. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as season two. Because season two, man, I loved that shit. That was a really, really good season. Uh, season one was great as well, uh, from what I remember a couple months ago. And season three, really good, dude. Especially because three seasons in, a show has like, really found its identity, you know? And season one was pretty much every episode was kind of in a different place, in a different set, a different location with a whole different cast of people, whole different demon every episode. It was, it, it was, it was clearly trying to find its footing and it was clearly blowing its budget, you know, <laughs> with the, the fact that every single episode of season one, except like the last two took place in a different location. I was kind of getting the, uh, the feeling that this show maybe had a massive budget and was really blowing it, you know, not blowing it in a bad way, but they were really putting it to good use, you know? Uh, so then season two came around season two, very similar, I guess, to begin with, uh, with little episodes that were self-contained, uh, although they were a lot more interconnected, I guess, than season one, you would say season one was interconnected, you know, the, the story did continue through all the episodes, but it really felt more like supernatural than lost. You know what I mean? Especially cause the show, uh, we'll get to supernatural. We'll talk about supernatural later. I'll, I'll, I'll hold that thought. But, uh, yeah, season two, most of season two, after the first couple episodes, I believe, take place in Elk Grove, Michigan, you know? Even though they do go to a lot of different locations, Elk Grove is, is made up of a lot of big-ass sets that they had to build for season two, you know? All of these elements that they really had to, to 
construct to make Elk Grove feel like a real place and all these different sets and locations that season two took place in, eventually culminating going back to the cabin and everything, yada, yada, yada. We talked about season two last time. It still felt, you know, really big budget for what it was. Uh, obviously not the biggest budget thing. It didn't look like a movie, but for a TV show, shit. Like <laughs> the effects and the sets and the 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 the, the quality of of filmmaking that was in season two was insanely impressive. Especially that especially that second half of the season. That second half of the season was killer, dude. Amazing. Season three, on the other hand, feels more self-contained. Decidedly so than the first two. Uh, I have my thoughts on why, you know, but but I did really like it. Uh, the, the plot of season three revolves around Ash discovering he has a daughter that he never knew about. And and obviously that's not the most original premise ever. Not much. I mean, there's many episodes of the show where you kind of go, yeah, it's not the most original thing ever, but it, it's still... I mean, it's still fun as fuck, you know? So, that being said, seeing the, uh, I'm sorry, seeing the, seeing the daughter of Ash become, like, a reality in, in the universe of Evil Dead was, was very interesting to see how that developed. And I did have a little bit of a problem with her character, but, uh, but I, I guess let's set the scene for season three, because after season two... Ash is finally revered and um, very respected by the people of Elk Grove. For some reason, his time-traveling antics did not corrupt the timeline. And they do address that in uh, Season 3 by essentially brushing it off. Like, they bring it up and then they're just like, yeah, it uh, doesn't matter. Which is kind of funny, you know? <laughs> I can see why someone would be annoyed by it, but it's still it's kind of funny, I think at least. But <laughs> um, he, he now owns a hardware store, and that's funny. And he kind of has a big presence in the town. And he's, he's, he's always been well-known, but now he's like, now he's there, and it's his home and all this shit. Pablo has his little fish and chips truck. It's, everything's going seemingly well until uh, at an auction, someone's op someone opens up the Necronomicon, and uh, summons evil. There's an evil version of Ruby who is still around. Because at the end of season two, it's revealed. After the good version of Ruby is killed, the, Rub the version of Ruby from the past who killed our protagonist Ruby is still around and still wanting to raise the evil dead, you know. And I find that interesting that they brought her back as a villain because she was essentially the villain of season one. In season two, she became one of the protagonists. And uh, in season three, she's the villain again. So it, it really had us seesawing on our emotions here, except, you know, by the end of it, we kind of fucking hated her like we used to. But it, it did feel a little bit weird seeing Ruby as the villain again, especially because, like, they technically defeated her already. And there's a lot of things that I felt... Um, uh, it felt like it dragged a bit in the middle with Ruby's character because Ruby is uh, hiding in Elk Grove as the guidance counselor of the local high school where Ash's daughter is going. And Ash is introduced by his daughter by uh, an ex-girlfriend. No, it, technically it's his wife. Uh, 
of someone who he didn't know he married. <laughs> and when she is killed, uh, the mother of the child, Ash has to take in his newfound daughter, and he's trying to be a great father. And here's where the show really sells the father-daughter thing. It's not in the daughter's character or her acting or anything. That may be one of the weaker parts of the show for the most part. By the end of it, I really liked her. But for the most part, she's not the strongest actor. She's not the most creative or interesting character. However, Bruce Campbell really sells Ash as a buffoon who really wants to be a good father and be there for her, even if he, he keeps fucking up, you know? And and the, the thing I found annoying is that they, the show, which I didn't think the show would do it, they kept falling back on the trope of like, look, I told you your father was a monster. Look at what he did. And, and having her, I hate you, dad, and blah, blah, blah. Like that whole, it, it happens in a lot of shows. And I get that it would be realistic and it's a very easy way to create very high conflict situations. Um, but the way that was resolved and the way that was handled in the second half of the season, I thought was far more interesting than it was in the first half because there's a brutal, brutal episode where a clone of Ash rampages in a high school and just slaughters a dance full of high schoolers. And it is... I mean, it's 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 haunting to watch, you know, and that's one reason. One thing I love about this show is how how comedic it can be and how fun it can be while also being insanely dark and grueling to watch sometimes to see to see so many people viciously murdered and killed and everything. It's it can it can be a lot sometimes, but it is such a fun entertaining show to watch that I can't keep my eyes off of it. And in that episode, uh, Ruby, evil Ruby, I guess, convinces Ash's daughter to that he is a demon and to stab him with the Kandarian dagger. But after they've built a relationship up that's been a little bit on the rocks up until this point, <coughs> she hesitates to do it because, you know, it's her father, and even though she doesn't know him that well... She, there, there's like a relationship that, like a feeling that you have, even if you don't know, even if you've just met him, it, it, it's still, it's not just some guy, you know? And, and I felt like that was sold really well in that episode. And at that point, I think is when the last couple episodes of season three, I thought were really, really, really good. Uh, even if the first half of it were, was, although very enjoyable, a little bit weaker on the weaker side. And all in all, the whole season takes place in Elk Grove on the same couple of sets and the same couple of buildings. And, uh, and the whole story is really self-contained to there. There's the main villain, antagonist, whatever, is Ruby, and she's in Elk Grove. The main story revolves in Elk Grove. And um, I can kind of see why. Uh, I did like it for some, for some reasons and kind of wasn't feeling it in other reasons. But ultimately, it was clear that they had a significant budget cut this season and they didn't have much of an option but to reuse the sets they already built in season two and focus on a more self-contained story which by the way 
Um, <laughs> although the first eight episodes might be very self-contained for uh, this show, at least the finale consists of the end of the fucking world. So it's not it, it, when I say more self-contained and small scale, um, take that with a grain of salt because of what this show is about. You know, it's about literal demons, you know, immortal creators of the universe and evil and all this shit rising and destroying humanity. That's the, that's, that's the basic motivation of the villains of this show. So to make that small scale, uh, you can only make it so small, you know? And, um, yeah, so essentially, like, like I said, the, the plot revolves around Ruby trying to destroy the world, basically. And uh, we are introduced to this army. Uh, I, don't, I, th I don't remember exactly what they're called, but um, they're introduced through a character uh, in season three who is dating Kelly who is, uh, what is it? Who is, uh, essentially a parody character of, uh, <laughs> of Dean Winchester from Supernatural, which I find, I find that just funny. That's just funny. You know, that's <laughs> cause he, he clearly, he looks a lot like at, like, like, uh, what's his name? Dean from, uh, Supernatural. He kind of has that deep, rugged voice. He has the leather jacket. He, uh, he, he's been in this business for a long time. I'm trying to look up what the, um, what the, the army is called, you know, the, 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 the boy is called, the boyfriend is called Dalton. Oh, here it is. Knights of Sumeria. They're introduced as this organization who has been training for generations and centuries or whatever, ever since the. 13th century when army of darkness takes place to find the prophesized one protect him and essentially stop the end of the world and destroy evil and uh they're <laughs> they're this really like archaic kind of traditional dr dramatic exorcist group of knights or whatever and they they all like bow to ash and all of this but ash is really you know it's the not the nature of the show to be that uh, what is it? It's the opposite of casual. God damn it. I'm Googling shit, dude. What's the opposite of casual? <laughs> this is what you come to this podcast for. Opposite of casual. Relaxed or unconcerned? No, no. The opposite. Formal? Yeah, the, yeah formal. You know, Ash vs. Evil Dead isn't the most formal television show. So, so obviously all the characters react to this Knights of Sumeria thing is like, this is kind of ridiculous and stupid. And of course they all get killed and it's all just all in good fun. And it really, I, I think it fits really well within the universe that in the universe where all this demonic shit is happening, you'd have a group of people who are similar to like the characters in Supernatural where they take it pseudo seriously and it, it's like very end of the worldy kind of like like teen drama characters whereas the characters in Ash vs. Evil Dead are a lot I mean significantly different you know <laughs> from from that type of story 
So it's fun to see them bounce off of one another and also somehow make a lot of sense fitting in the same world. But uh, that being said, a thing that is introduced in this season that I did not particularly like or enjoy was uh, this this purgatory thing that uh, that a couple characters get brought brought back to life through. They're, they essentially. Uh, after becoming, taking the mantle that his uncle had, Pablo becomes El Brujo Especial, which is, I thought was a really cool development for his character. But from there, he's able to open up a rift to essentially the afterlife and bring back certain characters. It's introduced fairly late, and I, I just... I wasn't feeling it. I feel like when you introduce a a resurrection spell, you know, for lack of a better term, into a show, into a horror franchise where loved ones of the characters are constantly being killed every single episode and main characters get killed frequently, uh, it's a kind of game-breaking. And I can tell that they weren't going to really use it in the future with the way this show ends, but the fact that they introduced it, uh, I mean, I'm not that picky, you know? I, I'm not, I didn't hate it, but I kind of was like, ah, I can see why that's a problem, you know? <laughs> that being said, um, that brings us to pretty much what happens at the end of the show, and that's uh, the Dark Ones come through the rift and essentially uh, summon... Cthulhu in the form of a demon called Kandar, which is kind of like the big, big bad, you know, because, you know, they're all Kandarian demons. They're all like Kandar, you would think, is is kind of the the big shit, you know, and he is the big shit because he's like 100 feet tall. He looks like the Cloverfield monster on two legs, you know, and I uh, <laughs> as soon as that spawned. And that these last two episodes are very much um, they they appear to be a significantly larger scale than anything in the entire show. The world literally begins to end. The apocalypse starts, you know, in episode nine of the season. This Kandar the Destroyer demon is massive, and like the U.S. military is about to drop a nuke on it. You know, there you see massive explosions in the distance there's reports from all around the world of the deadites rising and murdering and wreaking havoc like literally the world ends and i was like jaw agape like completely befuddled i was like you really holy shit you know they really went there they really fucking <laughs> began the apocalypse in season three of the show and at this point i was thinking okay so i i have the knowledge that this show gets canceled. So maybe um, this has a definitive ending and it, it's very sad and, and Ash goes to sacrifice himself and he it's a funny sequence where he goes into a tank and he loads the Kandarian dagger into the gun of the tank and he fires it and kills Kandar the Destroyer who falls over and dies on top of Ash's tank presumably killing him, you know? And also, presumably, 
the military ended up dropping a nuke on that area anyway because they ash stayed behind as the military evacuated elk grove to nuke it so presumably you know he dies so i sat there and i was like there's something else to this yeah and i wasn't wrong because uh ash wakes up in this like sci-fi facility in this weird suit he has both his hands you know so clearly i think he was cloned or something in the future he has that streak of white hair that he had in the end of evil dead 2 but hasn't had in uh army of darkness or this entire show you know so it it might be his original body reconstructed somehow that's why he has the other hand and he's he meets this woman who has like a uh, a robotic stomach like the chick from ex machina and she basically guides him to a tank and, and, and shows him that they're in a post-apocalyptic wasteland, like Mad Max, you know? <laughs> and uh, he's like, hey, what the hell is going on? And she's like, I'll explain it. Just drive. And then he delivers one final look into the camera and says groovy. And, he, and the show ended. You know? Um, I was... I was sad because I really, really liked the show. I really, really, really liked it a lot. And uh, it's just gone, you know? And I didn't want it to be gone. I want, honestly, all that did was, I mean, I was getting ready to be for an ending because, you know, season one's and season one and two both, you know, kind of end as if, oh, if we were not renewed, at least we can end it here. Season three ends <laughs> definitively saying, okay, here we go. We're going to do another season. It's going to be like Mad Max. It's going to be like Mad Ash, you know, something crazy. It's going to be Raimi's original vision for Evil Dead 4, you know, the post-apocalyptic crazy shit. And then it ends. <laughs> I don't know, dude. It's, it was so, I was so upset. I wasn't angry, you know, I, I'm a, I mean, okay, I have a little bit of anger towards stars for canceling it, but I was more upset than anything that we didn't get to see what the show became, you know, and, uh, it, 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 it's sad, but it is what it is. And we, we are going to get more evil dead in some capacity. I don't know if it's going to be with Bruce Campbell specifically because he's, retired the character according to him so i don't know i really don't know i have no idea what the uh what this show is going to to mean for the future of evil dead i don't know if maybe by some stroke of luck bruce campbell will decide to unretire the character for one last time because uh, Sam Raimi has expressed interest in only doing another, in only directing another Evil Dead film if it's with uh, Bruce, and I don't know, I don't know how that's going, but I do want it to go, you know, and I want it to go now, <laughs> and I, and especially with the whole thing of uh, Raimi's doing the new Doctor Strange, Bruce Campbell has expressed interest in being in the new Doctor Strange, so hopefully while they're doing that. They uh, they look at each other and they and they they realize <laughs> maybe we could do it again maybe just one last time maybe if they 
dude, if they kill off Ash and do a Logan-style send-off for him, it would be my favorite movie of all time. My current favorite movie of all time is, uh, believe it or not, Logan. You know? Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not Logan. Maybe it is actually Evil Dead 2. But even though I didn't talk about Evil Dead 2 once in this podcast, and we're about to get to the end. But yeah, technically, the movie I say is my favorite movie is Logan. And I think by now I might be a little bit more invested in Evil Dead than I ever was in the X-Men. I'm not going to say that for sure because I've been reading comics for longer than I have even knew what Evil Dead was. And part of that is also because of Sam Raimi anyway. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about Ash vs. Evil Dead uh, 3, I guess. I'm going to get in some brief thoughts of uh, how Evil Dead 2 went today. I did watch Evil Dead 2 after completing Season 3 of Ash vs. Evil Dead. And uh, it was fun. It was kind of sad watching it, and I wasn't paying full attention, to be honest. Because... I, I know that there isn't going to be more of this for a really long time. And I've held off on watching Ash vs. Evil Dead for so long because I didn't want there to be nothing left. I wanted there to always be the option to watch Ash vs. Evil Dead so that I'd never have to run out of Evil Dead content that's new and fresh and entertaining. But watching Evil Dead 2 after literally watching the only Evil Dead shit that I haven't consumed, uh, it, it felt a little sad. Like, quite sad. And I, I did lift my spirits, and I wasn't distracted for the period of time. But uh, if we're talking about periods of times, why don't we talk groovy time? Groovy. Now for groovy time, I'm going to hit on both groovies I experienced today. One groovy before I watched Evil Dead 2 was the last line and final shot of Ash vs. Evil Dead 3. And that line held, held, I guess, look at me, I can't even speak, a, a, a level of sadness I didn't expect to get from the show. And, uh, and not disappointness, because I wasn't disappointed. I was more disappointed that there was nothing else, you know, nothing left. But, yeah, it, 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 I, I smiled and I was very happy to hear him say groovy. But then when we cut to black and the show ended, oh, man, that hit heavy. I did not expect it to fuck with me that much. And then uh, watching, uh, going back and ended up watching Evil Dead 2 for, you know, this goddamn show. Um, he's saying groovy again. Give, you know, gave me a big smile. Made me forget just for a second that there's no more Evil Dead ever. <laughs> oh, man, what a downer this show, this, this, this episode has become. Uh, I think I should just end it, you know. I think I should end this episode. So, if you want to view more of my content, my memes and shit, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at DCRFilms. If you want to see my uh, things I find interesting or funny, I post them over on my Twitter, at Dan Reguino. And I would always appreciate it if you tell your friends to come get some and swallow this podcast. You can find me on anchor.fm slash deadbydanny or wherever podcasts are found. Thank you very much, and goodbye.